0: What does that mean? Time may change me, but I can't trace time. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. But listen, what prophetic words changes turn and face the strange? Truer words were never spoken about in fertility treatments. Gotta face the strange. Face the strange look on people's face when... You explain IVF to them. Welcome to the Infertile Mafia.
1: That's Sarah. <laughs> and that's Kayla. We're talking about changing doctors today.
0: Changing doctors, changing clinics, changing yeah. your hair. Well, is it is it safe? Right. Is it safe? Is anything safe? Can, am I allowed to eat at all? And we were, right before we started recording, discussing the lyrics of David Bowie's song, Changes. Because it's been running in our head ever since we started rolling this topic around.
1: Yeah. Turn and face.
0: The strange change That's the only line I know.
1: I liked how you went with the different harmony wait <laughs> Melody. I don't know, you know. You know, right. you're the music person.
0: We were doing what you call a duet harmonizing (laughs) yes (laughs) so we're talking about change today changing um doctors clinics etc but before we do that which
1: ties in to
0: our thing with pregnantish they they've recognized us as a podcast as a source dedicated to help break the stigma of infertility and so they've asked us to reach out to all of you and share this survey that they have going survey and giveaway so, for those of you who don't know, Pregnantish is an online magazine. It's a resource for women and men from all different types of experiences trying to conceive, singles, couples, LGBTQ. There's really something for everyone there. Um, their founder, Andrea Surtash, she's been through multiple fertility treatments, um, and so she just kind of wanted to pay it forward. So she started Pregnantish. And they have lots of good articles, so definitely go check them out. It's at Pregnantish.com. And, yeah, they're doing this survey slash giveaway for one lucky listener of the Infertile Mafia. Yeah,
1: so we are going to link the survey in the show notes. Yes. Once you go do that, come back to us. Tell us you took the survey. And then uh, one of you will win the $50 gift card. And right. a little something from us we are throwing in to sweeten
0: the deal. <laughs> it, it involves sperm, but not real sperm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh. Yeah. laughs> sperm doesn't usually sweeten the deal. No. Ooh. <laughs> so back to the survey. Their mission is real talk about fertility. They're committed to breaking the taboo of infertility Their goal is to empower patients and healthcare providers to have a better experience and relationship during the fertility treatment process. Too many readers have expressed their concerns, so we've created this short survey to invite real talk from you on your experiences. So if we didn't say that, the survey is all about changing doctors or clinics and why. And so your answers will help them share important feedback with healthcare providers, fertility doctors, OBGYNs clinics which could ultimately improve your patient experience and certainly anyone coming up behind you. So it's you're paying it forward. You're paying um, it but,
1: forward to those 20-year-olds who are right. about to go on spring break and they're having fun. They have no right. idea that
0: they're infertile. They have no idea. They're worried about taking, they missed their birth control by half an hour. They're worried they're going to get pregnant. They have no idea.
1: (laughs) This may be like a sister of yours or a niece or like your friend's sister. They're having fun. And then now, and then they try to have a baby and they're like, oh crap, I can't. And your answers will make their experience with infertility a little bit better.
0: Exactly. We hope that your shitty experience helps them not have one. (laughs) That's what we're trying to do. Right. So they want uh, also to note your personal information that you share, name, age, email, is not going to be revealed or shared publicly. And the survey should only take approximately five minutes. I took it myself. And that is true. It only took five minutes. So like Sarah said, we'll link the survey in the show notes. We'll also put it in our Facebook group for those of you that are in the Facebook group. And once you take the survey, f- just hit us up somewhere. DM on Instagram. Send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. Just contact us and say, hey, I took it. And we will, after the survey closes, pick a winner. And a lucky winner will get a $50 Amazon gift card. Think of how many, you know, sticks you could pee on for
1: $50. Or you could just buy something random.
0: Buy something for you. Yeah. Buy something completely unrelated.
1: What's in your Amazon cart right now, Kayla? Uh... <laughs> do you have stuff? Do you just put stuff in there and then... Oh, I totally do. You wait and then
0: buy it all at once? I do. Let's like see. Like Once a week? One... Thing in my cart. I'm a kind of afraid to click on this. <laughs> what is it? Um, oh, okay. This is a blue snowball ice condenser microphone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's podcasting equipment. That's what's in my Amazon shopping cart. What's in yours? <laughs> I have 10 things <laughs> in my cart.
1: Oh, boy. I have a Bluetooth keyboard for the iPad, an iPad case, some books. Some cups, which may or may not be a part of what you could win.
0: Uh-huh. And that's everything. So it's also a lot of podcasting equipment. Yeah. We did not pre-plan this. Everyone. No. This was totally spontaneous and random. Do you want to tell them real quick before we get going about the the our part of the giveaway? Okay. The cups so that you've been working up? We are going to
1: include a cup that's like those retro 90s cut retro are things from the 90s retro
0: they are now
1: oh man the
0: so, 90s was 30 years ago
1: oh i'm turning 30 this year <laughs> thanks for reminding me
0: oh you don't look a day over 29 <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you i now i no longer get carded and i get called yeah. ma'am all the time <laughs> like could you stop calling me that welcome Jeez. to the club yeah uh, so the cup it's the kind that has the water and like sparkles and stuff floating around in it I used to have a little mermaid one it's pretty kick ass yeah it's pretty cool so you could win that and it has I our will, logo on it yeah and you I should... will make it personalized
0: just for you mm-hmm. like you, like it. Th- then the sperm on it have perfect morphology perfect motility perfect (laughs) it's they're perfect it's a good omen right yeah
1: yeah sure good looking sperm and there's a sperm going into an egg it's
0: great it's really cute she showed me a picture we'll put it we'll put it on instagram so yeah so go take that survey Pay it forward and also maybe pay yourself back with a $50 gift card. (laughs) And
1: while you're at it, if you could go review the podcast, if you're feeling like you're in a good mood and you like, want to give the podcast a good review, you should go
0: on there and do that. Yes, that would be amazing. Thank you to everyone that's already done that so far. You guys are really generous and we love it. And the more reviews and positive ratings we get, the more people are able to find us when they do a search.
1: I like to think we're the friends of the infertility podcast world. Like, <laughs> your friends who don't really yes. know anything, but Not your doctor. they went through it too, and they're like talking about it and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing. We're just normal people. thats yeah, I'd say that's our thing that's our thing we're just plain and normal it's nothing special. yeah we're we're we are not professional like podcasters we do not have any experience
0: with Mm -mm. talking into microphones Mm -mm. (laughs) we uh write it direct it produce it stamp it send it out this is a two-woman show
1: so we are just doing this for the love of
0: Infertility. About infertility. <laughs> yeah. So oh. Okay, speaking of infertility. <laughs> yes. Yeah, on the topic. Um, uh, Sarah, you remember I mentioned a long time ago that Jenna Jameson, for those of you who don't know, the 1990s adult film star, Jenna Jameson. I randomly found out that she was a subscriber of my YouTube channel and we sort of had a good laugh about that (laughs) a while back because we thought to ourselves, why in the (laughs) world would a 90s porn star follow my YouTube channel? Well, I think now we know. Obviously,
1: she did IVF. She did IVF and she has twins.
0: Which I had no idea she had twins. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume that's why she followed me. I mean, it could be another reason. But that's probably a good guess.
1: And then she had a daughter who's a little... Uh, what is she, like a year old?
0: Yeah, she's a. she looks like she's half. kind of a toddler-ish age, you know, maybe 18 months. But she's been kind of in the news because she, she's been very outspoken about the keto diet. Yeah. She as a postpartum weight loss diet um and you guys know how i feel about keto so jenna and i don't see eye to eye there but good for her she lost 80 pounds and she looks great and she looks happy but this article or she actually this article comes from an instagram post that she made that i wanted to read about ivf so she says the, the daughter. The daughter's name is Batelli, I think. I think. I don't. How would you say that? Do you know? Or is that her husband's name? No, that's the daughter. Oh, I I don't know. I think you might be not a ta- the
1: pronounced. I don't
0: know. <laughs> you know, pronunciation <laughs> person. But I'm not the pronunciation person. Our sweet Batelli was conceived through modern medicine. Truth be told, IVF is one of the. Hardest things I've endured. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. It was a wink, wink, a just She did porn. <laughs> Guys, do you get it? Do you get the joke? <laughs> so much emotion, stress, fear, pressure, pain, and anxiety. The hormones wreak havoc on your body for months prior to transfer, and the fear of the unknown is encompassing. And she was really open about her whole process, and you know what, I don't care if she's an adult film star. If she's talking about IVF and infertility, thank you. Good for her. I think it's great.
1: You know, there's a couple adult film stars who have retired who ended up doing IVF.
0: What's it like to retire at like 23, which is basically when you retire as a porn star? Depressing. You either (laughs) have to... You peak I, at 19. Yeah. It just doesn't always work out. In a weird way, do we infertile women have porn stars to somehow thank a little bit? I don't we think be my her? husband was watching them, but
1: <laughs> some are people's we, are.
0: Are we weirdly intertwined now with the porn industry? Maybe. This episode brought to you by...
1: Pornhub. Red <laughs> Red Tube. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Twitter porn.
0: Yeah, the Twitter porn. The t- who knew porn had porn? Porn had Twitter. Who knew? Who I, knew I the Twitter had porn.
1: I didn't. Anything either. goes on Twitter.
0: It's true. Um, Moving yeah. on. Moving speaking on. Speaking of
1: porn, <laughs> Nurse Mandy has a new Instagram account. Oh
0: Mandy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what makes me think of Mandy? <laughs> porn porn
1: oh man just kidding mandy you do not make us think of porn no <laughs> quite the opposite i want to button up but anyway but... she has a new instagram account that's all about infertility and it's at courageously infertile underscore rn and she'll be talking about infertility things over yeah. there
0: if this happens to be the first episode you've ever listened to of the infertile mafia nurse mandy is a somewhat frequent guest that comes on and gives her actual professional expertise on some of the topics that we cover she um she used to work in a pregnancy crisis center she's a registered nurse but she also has her own experience um with pregnancy loss recurrent miscarriage incompetent cervix Um, And so she's very well versed on the topic, both professionally and personally. And so we we love having her as part of our mafia family. And uh, so, yeah, I asked her, like, hey, how can people find you? So she created this account so that you guys, if you ever have questions like, hey, Kayla and Sarah said this, I think it's full of shit. Is that, (laughs) am I right? And she can confirm or deny. (laughs) She's constantly fact checking us, so
1: she's like, "This is funny, this is wrong, right?" <laughs>
0: but you tried, right? She does. We always get like a long list of text messages the day she's listening. Like, "Good try, girls," <laughs> but, but here's that's all not the right. things she got wrong. So that's yeah. not how this works at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, the penis goes into the vagina oh that's how you oh i've been doing it wrong this <laughs> oh, whole <shoot>. time <laughs> so yeah go go find her on instagram again that's at courageously infertile rn um underscore rn and go show mandy some love all right let's talk changing clinics and doctors i feel like sarah we should give um the re's out there a disclaimer though
1: uh, let's, let's be real. I don't think that there are REs actually listening to this on a regular basis, but if anyone were to listen and you happen to be an
0: RE, <laughs> <laughs> they might listen to this one. If there yeah. was ever a topic that they might be interested in, it could be this one. True.
1: This is not to bash you. Sometimes it's just not a good fit between
0: the doctor and the patient. Right. It's not personal. It's not me, it's you. Like that when I did wedding thing. videos, I didn't
1: want to work with people who were not a good fit with me. So it's, it's like that. Right. And people who were not a good fit with me didn't want to work with me.
0: Right, it's, no, it's, it's like a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, some people don't want to listen to this podcast and they send us scathing emails. <laughs> Sometimes it's just not a good fit, it's okay. Yeah. Um, So we just wanted to put that out there. We're not here to bash Ari's. We love Ari's. They're amazing. However, there are, you know, there's a few horror stories coming your way. So the biggest theme from the listeners that we heard was that they needed a change because they either A, didn't feel heard by their doctor or they didn't feel respected for whatever reason. So... Those two themes were big. Also, the other one was they didn't feel like they were receiving adequate treatment when they sort of compared notes with their peers, so they didn't have a lot of confidence in their doctor's competence. So those are kind of the big themes coming your way. Those are big words, too. (laughs) Confidence and competence. Okay, so first we have... um, From Jessica, she says she's currently in the process of changing a clinic. Her, My current slash former RE always felt so cold and indecisive to me. Barely answers questions, just in and out. I kept telling my husband it felt like drive-by IUIs. Hearing stories of other mafia members made me feel like he just did not really check much to see what was going on.
1: The next one's from Sarah. That's why I'm reading it. The first red flag with my first RE was when she told me that my recurrent pregnancy loss was likely bad luck and my fault. Not true, not true. No, 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 no. The final straw was when she recommended Clomid with absolutely no monitoring, even though my last miscarriage was fraternal twins. I work in the healthcare industry, even though I knew what was best. I still took a lot of time and asking y'all questions before I finally made the switch. Mm. You know, it is hard to actually pull the trigger on that. Yeah. It's like breaking up with a person.
0: Breaking up is hard to do. Yeah. It is, especially when you've gone through all those processes, too. It's one of the most vulnerable things you're ever going to do, putting your faith and trust in this person and you spend all this money doing the consultation and all the prelim testing and then only to then once you're that far into it feel a lack of confidence is a terrible feeling it's not fun however having said that if that's really how you feel like both of these Jessica and Sarah like the the telling telling a patient your recurrent pregnancy loss was likely quote my fault that's that's wrong Uh, yeah that's not that's not cool
1: it's not like they're doing something to cause it exactly like falling down the stairs on purpose or something
0: (laughs) on purpose (laughs) of all the things or running into the door I think I'm going to fall down the stairs on purpose (laughs) and when I get to the bottom drink five bottles of wine
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say bleach. Oh, no. Yikes. This is getting that dark. That would kill you. <laughs> yes. Don't do that.
0: Uh, okay. Next is from Andrea, or maybe Andrea, or An- Andrea. Let's I go knew. Andrea. Yeah. Um, she says she has unexplained infertility. She's had four failed IUIs, one chemical pregnancy on a natural cycle, and our first round of IVF this past fall that resulted in no embryos. Still, on paper, no one can explain why or what to do about it. I've had some frustrations with my doctor over the years, like when I asked if I had been tested for MTHFR, and her response was, quote, If you're so worried about that, I can just give you a prescription. Um, that's not what I asked or said. Or when I inquired about autoimmune issues, and her response was, Quote, The thing with fertility is that people just get so desperate, they start researching all these things that don't apply to them. Um, Yeah, you aren't looking into any of this for me, so I figured I should do it myself. Maybe you could help me understand how or why it doesn't apply to me instead of calling me desperate. Obviously, I'm desperate, and so is every single one of your patients. (laughs) Very true, Andrea. Um, so although he, so, so what happened was, I'm not going to read the whole comment, but she did end up going to another clinic, got another opinion and didn't necessarily get any answers for her unexplained infertility or her, you know, her failed processes so far. But she says, although he doesn't bring much new to the table from a clinical perspective on a personal level, I think working with him will make me feel way more supported and decrease stress overall. His clinic is further away, which is the only thing holding us back. But I think we've decided that it's worth it to give it a shot. I'm feeling excited, but also a bit nervous. So. Go ahead. You get and Peck, in there. You want to say something?
1: Oh, no, I was <laughs> just going to say get in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there are any re's listening, definitely don't call your patients desperate. That's not what they want to hear. Yeah, that's rude.
1: That's how rough. rude.
0: Yeah, I and mean, come on, I and feel- I. Mm, mm, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, MTHFR and autoimmune issues are two of those like hot button fertility topics that re's seem to have lots of differing opinions on so those aren't real (laughs) yeah that's not real that's those aren't uh, real snake oil don't bother don't waste your time (laughs) um i've gotten the exact same response from doctors who weren't my re um now that i know i have mthfr deficiency or they just like look at me like i'm an idiot and i feel like i'm the doctor and Having to explain to them, like, what it is and why I take bioactive folate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I don't know. This is one of those situations, you know your body the best. But ultimately, like Andrea said, you have to be... you. The fact that the doctor, the new doctor, is further away outweighed the fact that she feels so much more comfortable with him. And that's so important. So while the distance is less convenient, I think it makes sense that overall you're gonna have a better experience with someone that you feel like is supportive of you.
1: And you can listen to the podcast on your commute. Bonus! (laughs) So the next one is from Sarah, a different Sarah. (laughs) When our doctor wasn't listening to us when we asked some whys to us not getting pregnant, talk down to us or had the annoyed sounding voice that we were even asking questions as though we were undermining them. I was like, peace bitch. <laughs>
0: well <laughs> yeah, said. I would do the same. Yeah. Do the same. Maggie says she switched after she had two failed IVF cycles. We ended up switching clinics and met with an RE Um, that my friend has had great success with. He seems super focused on figuring out why we didn't have more fertilized embryos on the first cycle and has suggested a few supplements for me to take in the meantime. I just feel much more comfortable at the new clinic because I feel like they are really going to try to get to the bottom of things. Mentally, I also just needed a fresh start and new perspective on the process, so we will see how this one goes. That's everything, but the whole uh, just... The doctor throwing up their hands and being like, I don't know. You know, the 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 emoji, the shrugging lady.
1: Yeah, yeah. I use that one all the time.
0: That's not what you want. That's not what you want no. from your doctor. You want them, even if they don't know, you want them to make some shit up that sounds good. <laughs> right? Or at least to act, act like they're trying. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't know. You kind of had this experience when you changed clinics. Sarah, do you want to take a take a minute and talk about your experience my first
1: clinic the doctor was like you're young I will get you pregnant and then afterwards she's like I don't know what happened and what happened (laughs) I guess you're just unlucky for people I I, don't know oh sorry I guess I should say I we did a round of IVF and we did not get any blastocysts and she's like you should probably put these two morulas in that don't look great, and then she was like, "I don't know what happened. Your eggs just probably aren't good, or you're unlucky,
0: mm. or it's so, your
1: fault." <laughs> yeah, so you suck. It couldn't have been the protocol I put you on. Well, no, <laughs> no, and Which, yeah. so I left that clinic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the I don't need the doctor to like take. Full responsibility if something doesn't work out, but I don't want them to shrug at me and just like be like, I don't know. Yeah, and you then know, she's like, You're young, you can try again. I bet that happens a lot where they see a, a young woman with PCOS and they're like, Oh, this is a sleeper, there's nothing exciting to see here. This is gonna be easy. I bet you were a bit of an anomaly.
1: Well, she wouldn't, she didn't even want to say I had PCOS.
0: Oh, that's She's right. She's like,
1: you're not big enough to have PCOS.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And she didn't even do any tests.
0: Hey, lady, hey, lady, doctor, old Sarah's doctor, Sarah's old doctor. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, is not one of the criteria for no. diagnosing PCOS. If you listen to this podcast, you would know that
1: i kind of doubt she's listening but she was kind of a A a-hole anyway because she ended up leaving in the middle of a cycle i heard
0: oh no (gasps) yeah remember how we said we weren't going to bash ari's we're just bashing this one a little tiny bit
1: (laughs) yeah like her as a person not ari's in general
0: right this is very specific
1: bashing yeah she she knew the schedule and still left in the middle of it so people were stimming and then she was gone
0: oh no that's terrible
1: yeah so i'm sure the other doctors had to scramble to like she just completely left
0: her. she's like peace i'm out and like left yeah, the she's country like, <laughs>
1: well just... i'm gone i'm moving to montana <gasps> she moved yeah
0: oh man Crazy. That is
1: crazy. So cost is another factor in why people change clinics. Uh, this one's from Anne. I switched to my current clinic when IVF was highly suggested by my RE after four failed medicated cycles. The cost at my previous first RE's office for one cycle of IVF was roughly six or 7,000 more than my current clinic, and that definitely pushed our decision to move. When I finally got in with my NOW clinic, they had a six-month wait list. They found my pelvis filled with endometriosis, something my first RE never saw, never suggested, and never diagnosed. Mm. Oof. Good thing she went to the new clinic.
0: You know, that's to me more important than the money, is that they found all that endometriosis. Yeah. Not that the money is is nothing, but. Well, uh, yeah, you would want to know that
1: before you tried to even do IVF.
0: It's stories like that make women and men just doubtful in the whole process because it's like, how can two doctors come up with something like there's another story that I think we're going to get to that they they just come up with the like completely different diagnosis for people. And you just wonder how, why, what, what, what's the discrepancy here? That's crazy.
1: Do you think some get lucky with their diagnosis? says,
0: I, I'm sure there's some element of luck to that, to, to advocate here, or to be on the side of medicine for a minute, because I mean, even like, we know that things like uh, your AMH rises and falls and like from one day to 20 days later it could be totally different so you know it's it's not like we all have the luxury of literally being monitored around the clock it's just kind of like these snapshots of your cycle and
1: well correct me if I'm wrong endometriosis has to be diagnosed through a laparoscopy right uh
0: I think that's normally how it's officially diagnosed I don't know I can't correct you because I don't know they
1: can't always see it on an ultrasound like they
0: have to physically go in there right they can speculate based on your symptoms yeah but but, I think yeah I think you have to get in there to confirm it
1: so that could be why the second RE found it right
0: assuming they did a
1: did a lap but if the first RE did a lap and didn't see it while they were in there then yikes that would be concerning that
0: would be <laughs> but yeah and six or seven thousand k that's nothing to sneeze at that's a lot of money
1: yeah you could buy a lot of bread with that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i was i can't remember the saying what is it you can buy a lot of coffee with that you could buy a lot of fill in the blank
0: you could buy a lot of anything with that
1: what's something you like you could buy a lot of that cheese balls cheese balls um you don't like cheese
0: balls Mm -mm. i don't know why that popped into my head apparently i'm hungry i'm hungry too it makes you wonder why one clinic costs seven thousand dollars more than another too that's another thing like why 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 do they cost them what's what's the deal
1: I, I don't know
0: the <laughs> in the fertility market's just like the wild west lately especially now that insurance is getting involved it's just like i'm
1: gonna say it's probably partly where they're located well uh, of course like cost of living and then maybe how many people are staffed
0: oh yeah There's just so many variables. How many patients they have. The doctor's level of expertise, the lab they use, the hospital. There's so many factors here playing into that. But a lot of them, you, the patient, don't even know what they are. So (laughs) when you just see it in black and white, well, this place costs so much more than that one. How do you make the choice? Anyway, okay. Caitlin says... She's, I'm in the process of switching clinics. My insurance only covered three medicated timed cycles. When they failed, we were quoted 20,000 at the clinic we were going to. We decided, <laughs> we decided to go international for IVF to save money and we'll be headed to a clinic in Finland next month. It was an easy change for me since I didn't love some of the nurses at my local clinic. Whoa is right. I, I want to know of woes. what
1: country she's
0: in and are these US dollars?
1: They could be Australian dollars because Australian is more than
0: US. 20k. Right? So is Canada. Well, 20k is not that's less than I paid for IVF. Really? Yes. If you oh. include all three transfers and mm. y- yeah it was almost double that actually
1: well i mean technically i did two full cycles so i'm sure that we were up over 20k plus
0: a frozen yeah put in yeah the freezing cost and all of that storage embryo storage yeah yep um yeah but uh, hey i'm glad she had insurance that at least covered cycles timed cycles i'm sorry that they failed that sucks but yeah it's a little something but here's my big question here's my big whoa why finland that is a huge jump i never heard of anyone going to finland i want to hear more about this caitlin
1: do you like those windmills Finnish people
0: windmills
1: (laughs) that's what i think of wait
0: are those dutch people flowers no i think that's finland I thought Finland had all the fjords. Where? Okay, never mind. We're getting off track. We're going to make ourselves look like complete idiots.
1: This is not a geography podcast. I've never been out of the country except for Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. So I know nothing. Oh. Nothing. I'm a dumb
0: American. Finland is up there, part of Scandinavia. I want to know... Why Finland, though? I've ne- I've yeah, heard of people I, I going to lots of too. other places, but this is a new one for me, Finland.
1: So give us an update.
0: I like, too, that she says, like, I didn't love some of the nurses. So it's like, I didn't love the nurse. I think I'll go to Finland. It seems like a big leap. I know it's not, but this <laughs> is the way I read it. Tell us more, Caitlin.
1: Tell me more. Tell me
0: more. Was it love and first fjord?
1: fjord okay so random reasons this one's from jess i really liked my first re but it was a small clinic and people were batched together for cycles i already have some i already have really low amh and wanted to have the flexibility to start when my body would have naturally started i did consultations at two additional clinics when i was Thinking of switching and just got a general vibe for the office and staff. You go in it with a new set of eyes once you realize how much time and money is going to be spent there. I didn't even know what was wrong when I went to my first RE, so of course I didn't know what questions to ask. I felt like I could make a much more informed decision based on what's right for me, and I don't think there were any hard feelings at all with my old RE. Yeah, honestly, they probably don't care, usually, when you leave.
0: This is a perfect example of it just wasn't a good fit.
1: Yeah, they're just like, yeah, okay,
0: I'll send your history. Yeah, and I think that's great that she decided to make that decision, knowing that she probably would have a better shot if she was at a place where they could really cater it to her, instead of being in a batch cycle. Which, I've only been in batch cycles. Were yours like that? Mine were not. So, that's another interesting... I mean, I get why they do it. Because if they didn't, the poor RE would, like, basically live at the hospital and be doing egg retrievals around the clock. So... Which, no one wants that. No.
1: No. I know my RE does other surgeries so yeah yeah, I think they all do to like yeah I mean there's other things besides infertility that RE's do right
0: so I I mean I get why they do it but I also understand from her perspective why she would want someone that is willing to cater more to her exact need
1: well yeah that makes much more sense you don't want to suppress your already suppressed
0: hormones exactly yeah, so that's a good, actually a great question if you're someone who has low AMH and you're at a clinic where they batch cycles. That's a really good question to ask. Like, what are you going to do about this situation? Do so, I have to downregulate? regulate Yeah. Uh, okay, we do have a few horror stories as well. Here we go. Okay, Jenny. Most recently... I switched and moved embryos across the city because I was just over it the way that my clinic ran. I think the last straw was when I was there to confirm a miscarriage, and my male doctor brought in a very young male resident to do the ultrasound. Ignored me on the table with the wand in for several minutes while he and the resident conferred, then called my husband over to confer and point out things on the screen all without ever turning the screen so I could see it or even directly telling me that the pregnancy was not viable. I'm not stupid. I could hear them. But what in the actual fuck? It felt like The Handmaid's Tale. My husband actually had to say, hey, I think Jenny might like to see this before they remembered the human on the end of the wand. I switched (laughs) to a female doctor who conceived her own children via IVF, which was the best decision I ever made.
1: Uh, that's, yeah. That I'm sure you've had experiences like that, too, where it's like the guy's talking. Yeah. You don't want to hurt the girl's pretty little head with information.
0: Well, you know, women were just so fragile.
1: <laughs> I feel like if the doctor was showing things to my husband, he'd be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything
0: about this. <laughs> I want to say that I would have, like, sat up and grabbed him by the face and be like, talk to me. But I wouldn't actually do that, but I would fantasize about doing that. Later, (laughs) you'd
1: be like, I should have done that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hey, dickwad, I'm down here. I'm on the other end. On the other end of that one, you've got shoved up my (laughs) bajingo. It does sound like The Handmaid's Tale. It reminds me of that scene from... What's the movie, Sarah?
1: Uh, Catch me if you
0: can. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Funny enough, my brother was like, this will make you laugh. And he he pulled up a scene from that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, just right before we started recording. (gasps) What scene? It's the scene where Frank, I didn't know his name was Frank.
0: Frank Abagnale?
1: Yeah, he escaped from the plane by going through the toilet. Ah, yes. Well, my brother's dog's name is Frank. Oh, (laughs) And he said, I feel like this every time he gets out and runs away. Oh no! He's like, Frank, <laughs> Frank. And then you see him running. He jumps off of the airplane, off of the wheel. And then you see him running across. It's great. And you're standing there watching, knowing that there's nothing you can do to catch him. Right. That's how it happens with Frank the dog. Oh, boy. I walk him every day he's a naughty little man (laughs) he is I let him out and I watched him just run over to the edge of the fence and jump right over it and I was like Frank Frank (laughs) come back and he
0: didn't even turn around and he just ran you should watch that movie again just for your own therapeutic uh, you know it'll be cathartic for you (laughs) I will I will just CGI the dog's head on on Leonardo DiCaprio the whole time He's just constantly, it's the whole movie, he's running away, so. That's Life with Frank the Dog. I love that movie. I know, you said you saw it how many times? I saw it at least ten times in the theater. I don't understand that, but. But remember, I took, I think at least half of them were dates. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's go see that new Leo movie. And with I need popcorn people? with extra butter, snow caps and a large soda. Okay, thanks. Mm.
1: So you went on different yeah. dates with different people.
0: Oh yeah, in college. You, you actually sure. went on dates? In college I did, not in high school, college definitely. I know, but it's just like dates. I did. I did do you want to know okay we're getting so foreign to me we're getting so far off the rails but here's just a tiny maybe we can talk about this in out of the box someday but do you want to know where my favorite date to i took so many guys to this place what the zoo really yeah that sounds fun i'll explain someday why the zoo is the perfect place for a first date
1: so you can see how much they like animals
0: um sure yeah i could add that to my list <laughs> 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 so, but anyway okay the movie there's the scene where he's holding the gauze on his face and the doctors are like do you concur and he's like i concur i concur spoiler alert he's not a doctor for anyone who hasn't seen it
1: <laughs> so <laughs> i need to watch it I jenny need to watch
0: it. i'm really sorry that happened to you that sounds awful sorry jenny sorry
1: this next one's from Nicole. I changed my first RE after a month because he had a pretty subpar bedside manner. In our first appointment, he made a comment about my weight that went something along the lines of, your BMI is fine, 24 even, but you're not perfect. What does that even mean? I don't so know. I asked if I should lose weight and he said, oh no, your weight's not a problem, it's just not perfect.
0: What does that mean? What does that mean?
1: so yeah, what? I so uh <laughs> <laughs> what's just not it's not perfect for you. for you like you don't like how I look you don't want to fuck me is that what it is doctor
0: he's got his 22 year old little snack waiting in his Lamborghini outside that's the perfect weight <laughs>
1: guess what She's going to gain weight, too.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert.
1: (laughs) So already I was turned off and feeling very insecure. Then after I questioned his diagnosis of PCOS, he gave several patronizing responses, so I felt the need to get a second opinion. Confirmed I do not have PCOS and decided to switch care to a female RE who had a better bedside manner. In the end, I'm sure my original doctor was brilliant. But I don't this think is, he was. Yeah, I don't know about that. But this is the most vulnerable situation I have ever been in. And I am not ashamed of the
0: fact that I need to be handled with care. No, Nicole, I am not ashamed of the fact that I need to be handled with care. This is not a matter of being handled with care. This is just a matter of being handled like a normal person with dignity.
1: Yeah. What does that even mean, though? Like, your weight's not perfect, but you don't need to lose weight. So why are you saying it's not perfect?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is where a well-placed fuck you goes a long way. And then you just walk out. I'm really sad that that happened to her. Uh, Yeah, that I don't have anything else to say except that it's it's really shitty. And I'm sorry. And I'm you made the right decision to walk away from that guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially because she didn't even have PCOS. Yeah, what? I, I don't
1: understand. I, this is ludicrous. <laughs> doesn't make sense. What's your
0: favorite ludicrous
1: song? <laughs> okay, we don't have to do this. You can do it. Put your back into is that a ludicrous song? Uh,
0: no, that's sung by a woman. No,
1: there's, I mean, yeah i'm gonna google who that's i by. wanna
0: lick, 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 lick you from yeah, that's your head to your toes that is not what i would be singing to that doctor katie says i'm so glad this appears to be relatively common for other ladies i'm on my third clinic The first clinic was a newer clinic, was extremely unorganized. There was a lack of communication between the doctor and his nurse practitioner. They also had some questionable marketing practices. And then the final straw was an email sent to all patients without email addresses being blind copied. A major HIPAA violation. Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Now's the time to sue so you can pay for your IVF.
0: (laughs) Infertile people are very litigious. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure she didn't do that because being nice. No, because Katie seems like a very nice, lovely person. Not that she wouldn't necessarily have the right. Um, And then she told us some more information about her other experiences. But the point I wanted to drive home um, was she said that a side note, being a medical professional myself, she's a clinical social worker. My level of criticism is perhaps heightened, but I feel like I also try to give people the benefit of the doubt because I know I'm not always perfect, but sometimes my level of discernment is helpful because it allows me to advocate for myself and perhaps be annoying as fuck. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Katie. Well, yes. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. It's true. You can be squeaky in a nice way. We've discussed this, Sarah, off air before that my best friend says she calls me the sugar bitch. <laughs> and it's really just you have to go in there and assert yourself, but sprinkle some sugar on top so you don't completely, you know, you've got to be a little bitchy sometimes and a bitchy and like in the positive way of the word with a little sugar on top just soften it a little bit to get what you need for yourself like with the compliment sandwich yeah i like to think of it as just really tricky passive aggression and (laughs) this Mm. has worked well for me in many areas of life (laughs) but um you the point being like you sometimes have to get in there and be aggressive if you want to advocate for yourself like you got to do it But there are ways to do that without, you know, completely like alienating who you're trying to get what, you know, something that you need. So just sugar bitch your way in there and get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Words of wisdom. This has been Words of Wisdom from Kayla.
1: So this one's from Tani. So we had consultations and testing done at three different clinics. At the first one, the RE there told us, due to the semen analysis, that IVF was our only option. We decided to seek another option or another opinion. The second clinic told us the first clinic was full of shit and that we should do more testing with them. Although it was hard and took a lot of time I was happy and we got three different opinions. It made me feel sound in the decision to move forward with IVF. I felt like we did our research and did as much as we could before making a very expensive and dis- difficult decision. It was interesting, though, that every RE and clinic had different things to say about our situation. Hope this was helpful. I'd say it was. It was helpful.
0: It was helpful. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I, I guess we. Sh- one other thing we should say is that we know not everybody has the luxury of switching doctors and clinics. And so, you know, if you're in a place that you don't love and it's your only option, I'm really sorry. And th- I still think you can advocate for yourself in that situation as much as you possibly can. But for people who do have the option of switching... I think what Tawny said about like getting the other opinions made her feel more confident with what they actually ended up going forward with is huge because it just eliminates some of the doubt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the
1: more you know, the better you are at
0: making decisions. The more you know. Yeah. But there went the star and the rainbow. (laughs) Um, But it's true, like... Not everybody has the time or the money or even the option, so we get that. But if you do have it and you want to take it, I think that's worthwhile to mention that she feels
1: I don't confident. think it's wasted time because right. there's a lot of, you feel like you're wasting time. You know, you're always you waiting or maybe you're older and you're on the cusp there that you're worried that you're going to lose your last egg and die. <laughs> right. <laughs> to circle back to earlier you are not gonna lose your last egg and die that's not gonna happen
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know it's true it's when you're when you're finally in it you're just like oh my gosh every second feels like you know it just drags on don't beat yourself up but don't feel like you're wasting your time getting a second opinion that's all um well, there you and go. Our, our last comment here is from Brett, who's always full of wisdom. One of my favorite mafiosas. The first <laughs> <laughs> the first RE I went to said we should go straight to IVF because my insurance covered it, so why not? I thought that was pretty bad reasoning, and he just seemed rushed and money hungry. He got irritated when I asked questions. He said he would quote break me of that. Come on. Ew. That's gross. After that, I stopped answering his calls. We did end up doing IVF after three IUIs, but definitely not at that clinic. And her parting words of wisdom. I would suggest interviewing other doctors if you're even considering a clinic change. Choose someone that is knowledgeable and willing to take the time to make sure you understand your diagnosis and treatment plan. Don't ever feel bullied into any treatment or staying with any clinic. Price is not everything. You can leave them. You can do it. Really, you have the cards here, really. <laughs> like there's it's okay to walk away. Yeah. You're the
1: consumer.
0: You're the consumer. And you need to feel comfortable. We have said it over and over again on this podcast. If you are not comfortable with your doctor, this isn't gonna be this is gonna make an already really stressful, uncomfortable situation. Uh, it's not gonna help if you if you're uncomfortable with your doctor or you don't feel confident with your doctor. So find someone that makes you feel supported and loved and good. I've told you, my re like hugged me and cried with me. So even if she didn't always make every decision right with me, I still loved her. I trusted her and I felt that that went a long way for me. her amazing, incredible, treatment and bedside manner and i mean i don't i don't think she was an idiot don't get me wrong i have two beautiful twins to prove from it but i'm just saying she treated me well and it went a long way
2: so
1: yeah my Ari was not i don't think we ever hugged that'd be weird <laughs> <laughs> but i liked him
0: did you you notice All of the horror stories are from male REs. I'm just I'm just pointing that out. Mine wasn't. My first RE was a
1: woman and she still Oh that's
0: right. That's right. I mean I meant the like real horror stories. Yeah. Mr Your Weight's Not Perfect and Mr. Do You Concur. Well, (laughs) yeah. And
1: mine was just always too happy and like motivational. I don't like
0: <laughs> Sarah doesn't motivational like motivational
1: speakers. Bullshit. <laughs> like, you can do it, you can do it. Like, do you know if I can do it? I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. We are so I'm like, tell me the truth.
0: Yeah. You and I I don't are, wanna be fed lies. Yeah. You and I are so on the same page with that. Although I wouldn't mind a cheerleader Type like i don't mind someone giving me a little fluff i think it helps me personally but i don't want someone who's like you said just you feel like you go to the re and you sit down for a consult and it's like a motivational speaker or she, there's like, like cheerleaders behind it. her rah rah sis boom ba, we can do it yes we can <laughs> yeah this looks great oh crap <laughs> <laughs> And the girl falls off the pyramid and breaks her neck. Yeah, not good. (laughs) Okay, so that's the end of our comments. Thank you to everyone who shared. Um, Just a quick reminder, go take that Pregnantish survey. Go visit their website, Pregnantish.com. We're linking the survey in the show notes and in the Facebook group. Once you take the survey, hit us up, email, whatever. In the Facebook group, on Instagram, let us know you took it. And one lucky listener will get a $50 Amazon gift card. And, uh, and yeah. a sperm cup. And a cup with sperm on it, not in it. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> sorry about that.
0: Okay, quick out of the box, Sarah. Yeah, you
1: have swimsuit shopping. Were you shopping for a swimsuit?
0: Is it not one of... I think shopping for a swimsuit is like has to be if I had to picture what hell is like. <laughs> I think it swimsuits? might be swimsuit shopping. Like you just have to constantly try on swimsuits for eternity. I think that Ugh. that's could be my personal hell. Did you find a swimsuit? <laughs> um I did. Well, that's good. <laughs> I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> it, it fits. Well, that's <laughs> great. I
1: was looking at swimsuits last night, funny enough. Oh, yeah? No reason I'm not going swimming or anything. I just was looking.
0: Well, my handsome husband just turned 40. So I picked, uh, I was like, we're going somewhere warm. We've had polar vortexes. It's Chicago, it's winter. So we, I booked a trip to the Riviera Maya, and so we're going. But then I meant I had to go swimsuit shopping and wanted to die. It's just... Oh. <laughs> it's, Are you going to get a spray tan? Oh, of course. Of course. should have
1: went swimsuit shopping after the spray tan.
0: I should have. I feel like the spray tan takes at least 10 pounds off me.
1: Yeah, and you should have her put some abs on. Oh, for sure
0: please spray paint the abs on it's just what it it, what is it it's you're in this tiny space the mirror is so close to you so you can just see every little nook and cranny i think the lighting is one of the worst elements of it this fluorescent light buzzing on all the parts everything's flapping and oh victoria's secret has
1: pretty good lighting i will give
0: them that See, I didn't go there.
1: <laughs> I don't think they have swim. They discontinued, they discontinued their discontinued swimming suits. They discontinued their
0: swimsuits. That was the one thing I actually bought sometimes from them.
1: Yeah, I mean, are your boobs too big? Oh for my their gosh, bras? way too big,
0: way too big. <laughs> so that's another thing, which is saying something for Victoria's Secret to not make a swimsuit. <laughs> you know, they're
1: I'm, they're marketed towards teenagers and.
0: Yeah, I know. All the Early pink 20s. on the butt. I just, I, don't, I never got into the writing on the butt. I just couldn't really get it.
1: My dad wouldn't let me wear it.
0: I I just don't get it. I don't get it. want would be sexy. <laughs> what is sexy about it, though? There's writing on your butt, which directs the eye down to your butt. I mean, I get it, but I always thought, like, the word juicy on my ass is not the connotation i want to put i i just <gasps> ju say ju- 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 <laughs> it's maybe it's just me i don't know anyway i so, am super excited to go to mexico but i hated the swimsuit shopping but it's a i mean it's a sacrifice i'm willing to to make <laughs> for a trip to mexico so yeah it'll be fun does anyone, else, does anyone else share this this anxiety with me about swimsuit shopping? This is what I'm, I'm asking the mafia. Is it just me, or does anyone else absolutely hate it? I don't usually try them on. I just
1: either buy it or order it off the internet.
0: You just buy it and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Sometimes when it doesn't fit, you it just works. burn it and pretend like it never happened.
1: I just kind of try to fit it on, and then I'm like... I'm uncomfortable in it. I think I'm just going to get a Speedo swimming
0: suit or something. Maybe maybe we should just go to a, a, nude play, a nude beach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I would do that. I could do that. I think I could do it. I just want to be free. I would be one of those people that they're talking about, like, hot people don't go to nude beaches. <laughs> it's this lady with <laughs> no. the saggy boobs.
1: <laughs> you know the more boobs i see the better i feel about mine (laughs) because i'm like you know they're all different
0: they're all different doesn't matter no they're you become desensitized you do and unfortunately it's women like jenna jameson who screwed us all up as teenagers sorry jenna not to bring it back to you but you know
1: you really screwed everything up for the rest of us
0: so thanks for that
1: i think we need to just become desensitized to what different bodies look like
0: because they're all beautiful in their own way
1: i wouldn't go that far but (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i would i I would just say that they're there and
0: it really doesn't matter (laughs) it's true it's true i'm glad you brought that up because this is the last thing before we close it out while swimsuit swimsuit shopping does give me a certain level of anxiety at the end of the day ultimately i feel like i'm pretty self-confident enough to not give a shit if i keep eating the oreos you know what i mean like yeah, I I'd rather eat
1: the Oreos than...
0: It's just, life is not worth it to constantly be worrying about weight and constantly be worrying about what you look like in a swimsuit. It's just, it's, life is, there's so much more to life than what you look like in a swimsuit. This is so motivational. Or what you look like at anything. Do I, am I one of the cheerleaders now? You are. No, <laughs> oh, come I, on. I think the cheerleader going on would be like, you can do it. You can lose the weight. You all look so good. You'll be in a size four in no time. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happening again. No. Impossible. I wouldn't want it to happen again. All's, all I'm saying is, while, yes, it's, it's an anxiety-ridden thing, sort of, I'm mostly just saying this in jest because I don't really care. That's what I'm really... Yeah, that's my yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you need another place to feel good about yourself, join our closed Facebook groups called the Infertile Mafia or the Infertile Mafia-based Bosses and Babies, which is for anyone who's post-fertility treatments pregnant, maybe already has kids, maybe is adopting, that sort of thing. Follow us on Instagram at infertile mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. Of course, like Sarah said at the top, don't forget to give us a rating and review if you're feeling generous. And of course, subscribe to the podcast to keep hearing more talk about eggs and balls and stuff.
1: And don't forget about that pregnant-ish survey, which is linked in the show notes and other places that are associated with us.
0: (laughs) You know. You guys know. (laughs) (laughs) As always, thanks for joining. the The infertile mafia oh let's try that again here I'll do the first thanks for joining the infertile mafia (laughs) there we go okay bye.
2: bye bye
1: Did you see that article I put in the Facebook group yesterday? I saw it, but I haven't read it.
0: Give me the clip Oh, it'll make
1: you angry. It's just oh. stupid people on the internet with well, you know. their ideas about... There
0: sure are a lot of them. Women's
1: bodies and them not knowing anything. like I... S- one of them was, said something about, you can't give blood because you have your period. And then someone else said, what? so women are born with the amount of eggs that they have. Why can't we tell when they're gonna die because once they run out of eggs, they die. Oh no. <laughs> no, no honey.
0: <sighs> that reminds me of one of my favorite viral videos of all time on from YouTube. It's like, called, if you Google like, are you Prefnat? Have you seen it? No. Oh my gosh, you got to see it. I cry every time. Yeah, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It's it. They just took this thing. They just mashed up all of these. the The theme was that they all spelled "pregnant" wrong, but they're all asking a question about being pregnant, and it's like some of the stupidest questions you've ever seen. Oh, I think I found it. Yeah. It's 28 million
1: views. Yeah. Million. Am I million. Gregnat?
0: Yes, am I Gregnat? <laughs> and the narrator is so funny. Am I Pegnate Help? <laughs> am I pregante? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and these are on Yahoo Health, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all from Yeah. He got them, I think, all from the same place. It's just so funny. Yahoo. Pre- health. <laughs> <laughs> and these people Seriously. are probably are pregnant. They probably are pregante, and they probably didn't even try, like we have to do.
2: Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Ooh, look out, you rock and roll